And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. It's been a little while since I've seen your beautiful face. Every time you pop on, I forget that you have facial hair and it just makes me smile. Uh, how in the blue hell are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling rested. It's been an easy couple of weeks at work the last couple of weeks. So you know, I am ready to pod. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, I it, it I feel like I just vacation never ended. It's so just serene and peaceful. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, GQ has, has bailed on us this week. Uh, he bailed on us last week, though technically I then followed up by also bailing. Um <clears throat> So, but his window washing business is really taking off. He's doing all sorts of things. He's heading up into all sorts of scaffolding. Um, so he's been just swamped with. You all right over there? You just got really yeah, close to the camera yeah. for a minute. I, I have a new webcam and this one apparently has a light on the entire time it's recording, unlike the old one. And it's just blinding me. I'm going to have to do something about that. Do you have one of those? Is it the ring? Like, no. Like the, the professional gamers have like a ring light that they use to make it easier to for people to see them. Is that what you're dealing with there? No, this is just, I think, a, literally a status light saying that it's recording. It's not on when I'm not in a call, but I, I don't know. Do you need me to vamp while you go get some gaffers tape or something like that? I can now see it. <laughs> like You're now like... That's a different lamp. I oh, just, okay. That's a desk lamp I recently got. How often are you buying new stuff for the <laughs> for the uh, for the office there? Because hey, am I well lit? You are well lit. It kind of looks a bit. If you had like the black acoustic foam thing behind you, it would look like you're trying to be a professional video streamer. Are you trying to be a professional video streamer? Is this for you know for for work? Yeah, it's yeah. a mix. I did sort of think to myself, if I'm going to do some more recordings here, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I had proper lighting and all of that? So um, I was looking to get a task lamp for the desk anyways for when I'm doing certain things, and I don't always like having this fan light on. It's a little harsh, and I wanted to have light coming from sort of behind the monitor, so I sure. thought that might be a good purchase. And I actually bought the webcam less for better video recording, but more, and this is a real stupid reason to spend money on a webcam, but I wanted the Windows Hello functionality. I wanted to just have facial recognition to log into my computer. I never want to put in a pin code again. And okay. I was finally just like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to buy it because it came back in stock. It's at regular retail price because for a little while there, you could only get them at like double cost. And I was like, I'm not paying that. I will pay it the moment it is back in stock for the regular price, but not before then. Um, so I've been sort of meaning to do this since like April, but do you often find yourselves? Do you often find yourself doing something out of spite against yourself? Like you're like, you like as, well, you're like as soon as this comes, 
Well. I refuse to pay this price, but as soon as it comes down, I'll get it. Did you actually want it, or was it, well, I said I would get it, and now it's here, so I might as well get no, it. No, I actually wanted it. As I also, I, I bought a new keyboard a few months back at this point, or maybe just a couple of months back now. Um, but this new keyboard does not have a number pad on it, and okay. so I I don't like having to move my hands across the entire keyboard sure. to put in a PIN code to log into Windows. Sure. And I use PIN codes as opposed to passwords, because who wants to type out a huge, long password to get into Windows every time I sit down? So now, I literally sit down, I tap on the keyboard to wake up the computer, and by the time the screen comes on, the lock screen is away, I'm at the desktop. So it's beautiful. I love it. It's working out very that- well. That is one of the issues I have with Chromebooks, which I've been using now for quite a while, is there is no number pad. Yeah. And so, like, if I'm doing something and I have to type in, like, my credit card, that's a pain to have to, like, you know, if I had a number pad, I could do it pretty quick. But I thought uh, about buying a separate number pad because, like, they sell USB number pads. Yeah, I've seen them. And I thought about just, like, having that there in front of my mouse. But I was like... And don't get me wrong, I like using number pads for other things. I do a lot of spreadsheet work, for, especially now that I'm working from home. And But in the end, I said, no, I don't need to clutter up my desk. I don't need the number pad. And I know it seems like such a small thing, logging into your computer. How many times a day do you log into your computer? Well, folks, when you are Doc Manson at Doc Manson, you are logging into your computer frequently. And it is a great convenience to just show my lovely mustachioed mug and and just gain access to the digital wonders that it beholds and contains. Okay, couple follow-up questions. Number one, why not arrange your settings so that your computer is always on and then you never have to log in? Is that a power-saving thing? Is that for electricity? Like, what's the... Um, yeah, it's an electricity thing, but also a longevity thing. Sleeping is good for electrical components and, you know, a computer like this... That puts off as much heat as it does. Uh, if you're not using it, it's a good idea to have it shut down. Okay. And yeah, you could set it up so there was just no security on the computer. I mean, really, who's gaining access to my home and going to sit down and access my computer other than my lovely wife, the Mrs. Manson, at Mrs. Manson DDT, um, and, you know, my asshole friends who occasionally come over. But, um, you know... Okay. But yeah, I mean, actually, I do use this account on, like, my work computers and things like that now. Sure. So, because everything sure. has to be connected with the app stores and the way they are and all that. So, I mean, all right. so I so, do actually need this account to have security on it. But Second question. I'm glad you brought up your wife. Let's say you and your wife are walking upstairs and, you know, you're like, oh, I'll, you know, go look at this. And do you ever run into a situation where, like, if she followed you into the room and you sat down and all of a sudden the computer comes on, isn't there going to be a time when you might not want that? Let's say, for example, hypothetical, you're buying her a present. Let's say you're buying her a holiday present and you still have kind of the present up, the Tiffany's, you know, diamond choker. You still have it up on, oh, a on diamond the thing. choker? Slutty. Isn't that what it's, it's called? Sexy. It's lovely. All right. All right. Um, you know, you walk up with her and then you sit down and all of a sudden that, that secret is spoiled. I don't really have that problem. You're good. You close all your windows. I guess so. Clear your cookies. 
get ready yeah. to get history. I do most of my shopping on my phone these days, to be honest, so it's an unlikely scenario. Now, right. it's possible there could be hardcore pornography on the screen, but I think that'd be more likely to just get my wife in the mood, and then, you know, we would just do it, like, right here, like animals. <laughs> and it would be broadcast in high It'd be death. well lit, it'd be in 4K. <laughs> Hold on, babe. Hold on, babe. Before we get this party started, let me turn on this light. Click. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful Some time. people dim the lights. I want it right in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. It's good to speak uh, with you, DC. It is good to speak with you as well. I was just thinking that. I'm like, I'm already in a better mood. Even if, hypothetically, I had had a really hard couple of weeks at work. Hypothetically. If, you know, even if being, let's say, a public school teacher was a little difficult coming back from a global pandemic with all of the ask a child to wear a mask and do the social distancing. Um, even if I had had a hard week, this is a welcome reprieve. What are you drinking? I have to know. I don't know what's in that can. You've been sipping at it this whole oh, time. That, that's one of my um, hard lemonades, oh, I think I described. Okay. It's not a seltzer. It's a lemonade. So it's, it's got like more of a base to it than the seltzers do. It's Sure. But it's it's Truly, which is one of those companies that makes hard seltzers. And yep. hard, in terms of hard seltzers, I don't know if we talked about this last time. Um, White Claw used to be sort of king and Truly was further behind. They... In terms of taste profile, they were less preferred. Apparently, last year, they redid all their flavor profiles. And I can say, I've had the Truly Seltzer now since then. I think the Truly Seltzer is good now. I think it's better than White Claw. I think Truly is the seltzer to get. And then beyond that, this summer, they came out with this line of lemonades. There's regular lemonade, strawberry lemonade, black cherry lemonade, and mango lemonade. We must have talked about this. We, I, I, I'm like, I seem to recall... Mango lemonade. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if it's this or on, I think also on, um, what is it, Fat Man Beyond. I believe Kevin Smith has also talked about, he he didn't like the strawberry lemonade, but the black cherry one he was into. Uh, yeah, I'm way, way into the mango one, actually, but I think they're all pretty good. And again, I thought strawberry would be my favorite. It's my least favorite of the package, but still good. I don't have a – I drank my water. I now – we we spent about probably six or seven years without – we just took our ice cubes tray ice cube trays out of the freezer. We never used ice really for anything. We just put them back in because my wife's getting into like a – we have a blender where she makes her own frappuccinos essentially now. Oh, cool. And so now I just have four giant ice cubes and I'm like – that's going to be the most annoying sound in the world to hear me clattering those around because I enjoy, you know, letting them melt in my mouth and then chewing on them. And I'm like, I can't do that during a podcast. I mean, you uh, can. It's not like this show is known for excellent production value. Yeah, but it would be rude to you as a conversation partner for me to just be going. Kr, 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 kr. That's what I sound like. But you sound like that. Regardless of whether there's something in your mouth or not, so I suppose I suppose that is true. I do still need to get you your book. It's over there now. It's moved. It's, oh yeah, it's moved locations. I do have this book. I need to deliver to you at some point. I enjoyed episode three of Horrid. Can I? Oh, just thank say? you, thank you. Um, I have heard of Doctor Faust or Faustus or whichever uh, version of the name you go with. I had no idea of the actual history and whether or not there was a real one. So I, I find that podcast 
it's been three episodes, and on each one, I am surprised and disappointed when it ends. This one was actually a little longer, too. It was, uh, you know, nearly 24 minutes instead of 19, like the last two. Yeah. Um, well, almost no, it two was extra just... pages of writing there. Yeah. Page and a half, when... anyways. Well, yeah. No, but when it was over, I was like, well, no, like, surely tell me more about, you know, this sort yeah. of thing. So I think people are going to have a hard time when... Um, you know, when season one is over and they have to wait for season two, I think you're going to be there's going to be pressure for you to just keep plugging along. We're going to see how it works out, sir. Um, I'm already doubtful that I'm going to be able to keep this up for long. Um, I'm working now on episode seven. Um, so at some point in our bestie chat, I had mentioned I finished episode five, which was a monster episode. I've decided to cut it into two. Um, so. That's now episode five and episode six. Episode five will spend more time on a historical figure, whereas episode six will spend more time on an actual f related film. Um, so I felt a little weird about that with episode five not really having a lot to do with a film per se, but the fact that it's setting the stage for the next episode. And yeah. in fairness, I am talking a little bit about a filmmaker at the beginning of that episode. So it, there's some of it in there. Um, I say, hey, it's my talk... show. I can split it however I want. Are you going to talk about George Melies the entire – like, I just think you should just talk about him the I know. entire time. I, and again, I've said this before. I really thought I was going to talk about him and silent movies for one episode back when I first had the idea – for this show, there's just so much there, and frankly, stuff that I didn't know, and I've been reading about it, and it just grew and grew and expanded. See, the sad part is, I know that probably most of your research was done either in the chair you're currently sitting in, or down on that lovely sectional sofa that you have, reading on a tablet or something. I really want to imagine you, like, looking at old, dusty, historical <laughs> tomes in like the bowels of a library somewhere off the beaten path. And I'm like, I want you taking the train into New York city to have to find the right, I mean, like microfiche. I definitely did the, you know, the modern electronic equivalent of, I was literally on a library website, like looking through their, you know, digitized scans of their microfiche of newspapers yeah. from 1903, you know? So, like, it's not quite the same. Like, I understand no. I'm not wearing the tweed coat. I'm not on the train. Exactly. In. exactly. I hear you. I hear you. But it's the equivalent, I would say. Well, I, I'm greatly enjoying it. I enjoy Sound Scary, of course. My two best friends having a podcast together. Surely that is great. I enjoyed the Godzilla talk from last week. I haven't gotten to It Follows yet. But horrid is horrid is edutainment. It's a little different, I think. I, I, I mean, not I to say that not to say sound scary isn't educational. I mean, it is. Um, but I, I do think that it, it's meant to be more entertainment than than what I'm doing with horrid. So it's yes. it's different. If you're a history L nerd, I could see horrid being much more appealing. Listening to GQ make chainsaw noises immediately puts that solidly in the entertainment category. That cannot that cannot qualify as edutainment. Yeah. That is not edutainment by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, come on. Um, what else is going on? You know, like we said, schools have started for both of us, so things are probably a little bit busier. You're off doing your traveling professor sorts of 
Sorry, yeah. do you wear do you wear a tweed coat for that? Please tell me that you do. No, I do wear a white lab coat though. Really? Yeah. Is it a oh it is a lab? Yeah, it's in a lab room. It's in okay. a lab space. I expect I wanted you to walk into like a four hundred person lecture hall with a lab coat and like goggles on your forehead and just Yeah, I'm not sure they have any four hundred person lecture halls in this particular institution, but it is uh, a small one. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's been okay. Two weeks under the belt, working towards the third. Speaking of which I have work I should get done for that. Oh man. There was stuff I wanted to do yesterday that I just completely forgot about. Okay. Well, putting that down on the notes for later. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the emails. It'll be a short show. Short show, Doc, big Doc realized he is swamped with just lots of work to do. It Very has been pretty busy. And I will say, in my, in my day job, my regular job, the number of people who can't figure out how to buy an ebook. It's, it's breaking my heart, DC. It's breaking my heart. This is the future. These are the these are this is the either next generation or two generations after us, depending on your definition of a generation. Like the number of students who are emailing me saying that they're not going to get their lab book until next week because of shipping issues is just like I, I have to write back and I'm like, it's an ebook. There is no shipping. You purchased an ebook. They send it to you in an email. Like, I, what do you not understand about this? Because not only am I telling you this now, but, like, I have literally sent, like, four or five announcements about buying the lab manual to the entire course. And before that, it's in the syllabus. Like, this information is there. And then you get people who are like, I can't access this. And it's like, okay, did you buy it? And they're like, um, I don't know. And it's like, well, you should probably contact the bookstore and figure it out. I mean, what? At, at some point, they're asking me, and I'm like, do I look like customer service for Barnes and Noble? No, go fuck yourself. Figure it out. Do you think when we were 19, 18, 19, 20, were we that helpless, or is it a? Is there something in? this particular generation because we're not of the same generation i'm 37 these people are 18 that's a 20 year difference. Yeah. um so at very at, at the very least it is one generation removed is there something did they get raised expecting everything to be kind of pointed out to them and you know they there's no independent thought i can't say i, I was know. a super independent thinker at age 18 or 19 besides choosing not to go to class but <laughs> Yeah. But besides that, I feel like maybe we were a little savvier than that, but that could be. Yeah, hindsight. I feel like I, 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 at the one hand, I want to say that that's just sort of I don't think this is the right term exactly, but self-confirmation or self-affirmation yeah. or bias in some way towards yourself being more capable than you probably really were. Right. Rose tinted glasses and all. But I don't know, man. Back in the day, Amazon was a new thing, brand new. I was able to figure out how to buy a book off of Amazon. Admittedly, that was a physical book at the time, but I was able to figure that out and how to get it sent to me through the mail system at the dorms and pick it up and arrive. You know what I mean? Like, and then at some point, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't that far. We were probably. I don't know if we were still undergrad or grad. When did like Kindles become more widespread? 
I mean, they're. I mean, even now they're probably not super mainstream, but I was able to figure I would that out. Say late, I would want to say late. 2000s maybe early 2010s i don't know yeah probably more mainstream 2010 right my concept of time the fact that i'm coming up now i'll be coming up on 10 years of being married like every so often i'm like oh remember when this happened and my wife's like that was eight years ago and i'm like really (laughs) okay good to know yeah every once in a while i think huh i saw jurassic park in the theater and that was in 1993. Yeah. I was 10 then. <laughs> yep, I'm old. Yeah. 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 I I haven't felt it as much physically, but there've just been certain things where I'm like I will be 40. And uh oh, it was the, you know, Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther passed away uh Two weeks ago or so, I think at the age of 43. And I was like, huh. It happens. I, it does. And, you know, but I, like I've had a couple of moments where I've been like, I am mortal and approaching middle age, if not solidly. I think maybe I am middle age, despite the fact that I'm wearing a tie dyed T-shirt right now. Um, I, Yeah. Most yeah. hippies are elderly are now. <laughs> I suppose that is true. I just enjoy that this is a shirt from 2008 and it still fits. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often for me. Usually, this clothes I, the clothes I wore around my wedding do not fit at all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is what it is, I guess. Would you like to discuss anything wrestling related or I am happy at this point to make this a completely wrestle free show except to thank you because I believe now Patreon is paying for our WWE network. So thank you, patrons, patreon.com slash DDT wrestling. Thank you for allowing us to watch wrestling whenever we want. I'm sure Doc has availed himself of that just countless times these last isn't it hilarious weeks. that finally we're at a position where i feel like the website is you know paid for the next couple of years uh the hosting is paid for a little bit and we finally have some extra funds and i'm like yes we can finally splurge and why not pay for the wwe network and i have no interest in watching it anymore <laughs> I, I'm watching it less. Like I, you know, I watched a bunch during the quarantine. Obviously, I am trying to make a concerted effort to watch other things and watch it less. I've checked out some of the like. Why the, I watched a, Um, you like? I it. got. I do. I got to the point where I was trying really hard to finish 1999. Watch all the shows from 1999, and. I got to the point where I was no longer enjoying it. I was just trying to get like I would I would look at an episode and say, all right, I have to watch at least some of this. What's the you know, and I just found like that's not why I should be doing this, because I was trying to get it done in a whatever I said, two month span or I tend to in my where is it in my binder that has my Excel or my Google sheet of all of the episodes from 1999 i wrote in the top right hand corner the date i started and i was like all right let me try to finish it in two months and it just became um it became a chore 
And I was like, that's not what I want to do anymore. So I'm, you know, I watched a progress show, which was pretty interesting. From I when? watched, um, they only have a couple, they haven't uploaded all of the, um, episodes chronologically, which probably for me is healthy. Um, it was probably only from last year or the year before, like Eddie Kingston was part of it. It was Walter was there still, but he was also the UK champion. So okay. it's within the last, you know, year or 18 months. Um, I hope they start putting more stuff on there, but there were some interest, you know, there's interesting things on the network worth watching. I did watch payback a few weeks ago, um, which was the pay-per-view that happened right after SummerSlam. Literally a week later, they had another pay-per-view, um, where Mr. Roman Reigns won the universal title. How's that work? So good. He's out there with Heyman. Um, have they already is, teased tension between them or they seem like they're nope. on board? They're on board. Cool. They're on board. They're on board. They haven't talked a huge amount about the why, I don't believe. Um, so he comes out at the end of SummerSlam. Spears the Fiend, who just won the title, Spears Braun Strowman. And then that's Friday on SmackDown. He gets the contract for the triple threat match because it's him versus the Fiend versus Strowman. Uh, and he's... And he uses the line, you know, I'm going to win this title. That's not a guarantee. It's a spoiler. And the camera pans. And Paul Heyman is just looking at him with the most adoring, like, loving expression on his face, which, you know. And then um, he pulled a heel move and didn't come out until after The Fiend and Braun Strowman had literally broken the ring in one of those superplex off the top rope that breaks everything. And then Roman came out to win. Um, it took him a little while. He had to spear him a couple times, but he finally I realize wins. you say they haven't talked about the why much. But the thing that I want to know is, does this imply that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are buddies now? Like, are they on the farm in Michigan, like milking cows together and F5-ing sheep? I would love to see it, but yeah, no. And they then they had a promo, and Paul Heyman just talked about how he basically you he basically cut a Brock Lesnar pro promo, but for Roman Reigns. Um, so people are into it. People are loving that Reigns might be a heel. He's kind of heelish. He's always so, been that way, really, though. Yeah, but they're loving that Heyman's involved. Um, the next pay per view is Clash of the Champions. There was a fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender. It is now one of the Usos. So it's going to be Roman Reigns versus his cousin for the Universal title. So I imagine Why? it will be a chance. It's a new matchup. I assume it's a chance for him to become even more of a heel and just beat the crap out of his family member. Right. I just think it's weird because I can't think of a time when the Usos have competed in singles competition. I believe competition one of them is injured. Ever. I think one of them is injured. And so the other one who I haven't seen wrestle, but I don't watch the weekly content. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like I think it's it's in service of a story. That would make sense. But yeah, it just, it just doesn't sit right with a guy who has no singles career per se is it's just yeah. suddenly in a universal title picture i just I don't, I don't know that doesn't i don't well i don't like that not loving it but hey whatever not watching so it's cool yeah um 
I think you would enjoy some of the, you know, like I said, they have the new independent stuff, which might be fun for you um, just to see, you know, what like an evolve. I started watching an evolve show. You could see what that's like. Um, apparently, the R-Truth game show is very entertaining. Glenn keeps talking about it. I have not seen it yet, but it's getting rave reviews. Here's a wrestling story I do want to talk to you about, because I think you're going to have a similar opinion to me. The story from last week was that Vince McMahon has told the WWE superstars that they need to... And, and it really, the story got changed in the game of telephone on social media. He basically told them to stop using their WWE trademark names on third-party websites. Twitch, Cameo, YouTube. Makes and sense. That's exactly the response I had. Everyone was like, oh, Vince is out of touch. He's ruining it. He's, you know, he won't even give them health insurance. And now he's telling them they can't make any extra money. And I'm like, that doesn't sound There's like There's a reason why Xavier Wood is not Xavier Wood on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I think he's saying you can't be the name that I technically own on these sites. But if you want to be Austin Creed or Lexi Kaufman for Alexa Bliss or whatever the hell Bray Wyatt's real name is, something rotunda, Wyndham Rotunda, I believe, um, then you can do that. But don't try to get the name. And again, I'm like, that makes perfect sense if that's what Vince yeah, wants. Yeah, I do think it's a little bit out of touch. But at the same time, from a business perspective, it's unsurprising. And the yeah. next thing, I mean, do you want to have, geez, what the hell was that guy's name? Uh, the big monster guy who was a flash in a pan and turned out to be a giant racist and had a panic attack. Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Do you want Lars Sullivan on that bodybuilding website registered under the name Lars Sullivan saying disparaging things about people of color? No, of course not. Um, and that's why, you know, comp I, that's, that's, that's an extreme case, but, but that's why. You don't want to tarnish the brand that you own. And Vince McMahon exactly. has every right to do that. No, I'm I'm with you 100%. What you say as Lars Sullivan reflects on the company. And don't get me if wrong, you decide... what you say as you in that particular instance also yes. mattered beyond that. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if he's going to start trying to tell them what they can and can't say, and obviously there's certain things from a political correctness standpoint, from just a being a good person standpoint. But if he, you know, if Austin Creed wants to talk about Kenny Omega on Up Up Down Down, he should be able to. Like, I don't, I don't think Vince is saying, "Look, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that." But yeah, I just, I figured you would have a similar viewpoint to mine, but just wanted to get your two cents. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's there's another underlying tone. Well, not tone, but. Uh, there's an underlying, it's not really a threat per se, but, you know, even though if you're going out there as Lexi Kaufman, you have to watch what you say in a public forum, because that's still yeah. going to come back to bite you. I mean, even if you're not, you know, again, being a good person, all that, but you can't go out there and say, oh, I should be the women's champion, like, unless you're like doing it in a relative kayfabe style, um, like you can't, like, that's not going to work out for you either just because you're not doing it yeah. as alexa bliss yeah 
Lexi Kaufman can't go out there and talk about how Nia Jax is a terrible wrestler and, you know, right. has a reputation for injuring people and all of that sort of stuff. Correct. So it's not carte blanche to do whatever you want because you're talking underneath your own name. No. But. No. Well, it's like the Iconics each have now their own YouTube channel, but they have nothing to do with wrestling that I have seen outside of maybe acknowledging it like in an intro. Yeah. Like, otherwise, they're doing the exact same thing you do on YouTube. They're doing silly food challenges. They're doing all of that sort of stuff that can be popular on YouTube. And Emma, whatever her new, whatever her actual name is, I never know. I used Tenille, to know that. Tennille something or other. Dashwood, yeah. Yes. Tennille sounds like part of the revival. Um yeah, Tennille Dashwood was part of it. Well, she's not a WWE employee, but they can't tell that her not to do that. Or at least I hope they can't, They don't. Right, I mean, they right. could um, just not utilize the Iconics as retaliation for what they're doing on their YouTube channel. But that's the kind of stuff that I think the WWE has done in response to people, quote-unquote, making themselves, however you want sure. to define that ambiguous term, uh, for years. Uh, so I yeah. don't really think it's anything different. Wow. Rusev Day. Right. Rusev Day could have been much bigger, and they were kind of like, mm. ah, they're laughing at you, not with you, Rusev. Yeah. And I'd also like to point out, you might not know this, the Iconics are no longer a tag team. They had to break up. How come? Uh, they wrestled the Riot Squad, which is apparently now once again a thing. That was not um, a thing. It was not a thing, but now Ruby and Liv Morgan are a thing. Because they're um, nothing without each other. And which is exactly and why the Iconics will be back together in three months. I would imagine there was talk that there was going to be a fall draft. So I imagine they will get moved to different brands at some point. Because but that's yeah, a like, big obstacle to appearing on the other show. Um, yes, apparently there's going to be a, a tag team title unification match between Good. the tag between the tag team champions of both brands, who I I think it's the Street Profits and Shinsuke and Cesaro. There's no point in having two. No. I, I, so, I almost don't even think there's a point to having two women's titles or even the heavyweight and the universal title, to be honest. Um, one universal champion. And then if you want to have a Raw title and a SmackDown title, I guess you could. But right, but like that can be your U.S. Intercontinental or whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, but either way, too many times. Uh, wrestling seems to be, at least for the WWE, uh, seems to be on an upswing. I'm not sure if you can say that for AEW. I I'm going to go out on a huge limb and assume you did not pay sixty dollars for All Out this weekend. I did not. Did you see all of the hubbub about the Matt Hardy incident? People were mad that the match wasn't stopped. Yes. Did you see the bump? I still have yet to see it. I refuse to watch it. I um I looked for a video of the bump. Oh no, actually I did end up seeing it. The first video I did was like a fan video. And I was like, oh, this gnarly da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, it might be a good angle of it, but like they were behind a pillar or something, and they had no view of the bump actually sure. happening at all. Um and then I did I actually did actually see it. It's not that bad of a bump. Um don't get me wrong, I can see how he might he was injured afterwards and they probably should have stopped the match. But I mean, he just they they were on this sort of forklifty type thing, not a forklift, but like a 
almost like one of those ladder things you would see at Home Depot for getting to the top sure. shelf, you know? And it wasn't that tall. They were maybe twice the height of the table, which, you know, don't get me wrong, it's it's not nothing, but it wasn't super ridiculous. And they just, they had two tables set up underneath it, and they just completely overshot the second table, and the second one, they just barely missed it. And so Matt went basically back first onto some concrete. And yeah, clearly he was not fully functional after that, which I think was reason enough that the match should have been stopped. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's not like I've, you know, it didn't look like he hit his head. It didn't look like he had broken his neck. Like relatively speaking, it didn't seem like that gnarly of an injury in the moment right away. I think this is the issue, and I'm just quickly looking up his age. I think this is the issue taking a bump when you're 25 versus taking that bump when you're 45. And not only that, but like I seem to remember even like five years ago, right around the time, maybe again, time means nothing. I could be wrong with the years. But I feel like like right before the broken Matt Hardy thing took off on the indies, didn't he leave the WWE and wasn't there like rumors like he was done wrestling because he had yes. major back issues, probably lower back. But I yes. so like I feel like he's been on borrowed time with that back for quite some time now. Yeah, I'm watching, you know, like I said, I watched the 1999 stuff. And one of the things that I did tend to watch regularly was Hardy's Edge and Christian um, you know, the Dudleys are, you know, we're, we're gearing up for the ladder matches and the TLCs and all of that sort of thing. Um, and at least once a match, one of those Hardy Boys is doing some sort of dive where they are essentially just leaping from the ring over the ropes and just doing a flat bl- back bump. And the other wrestlers happen to be in the vicinity. So, yeah, 20 plus years of doing crazy stuff like that and... You know, it's going to take a toll. And I think Mick Foley's talked about that. Like, you know, his career could have ended on the simplest bump ever because it's just that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And, you know, I, you know, his wife, who obviously is not shy at all about being a social media presence, you know, took a screenshot of the texts because, you know, she didn't know about the bump or she didn't know that it was supposed to be like that. Obviously, it wasn't supposed to be like that. And then the ref starts the match over and she's just like, Matt, what the beat? And I don't like As it. though was, Matt was going to respond to her tweet in real time. Yeah. Um, obviously, I would have liked the match to have stopped, I suppose, if Matt got up and said, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I would hope there would be a judgment call made. Like, you're, you're not good. But isn't and there right. also a complete possibility that this is a work? Like, I know we live in a day where, like, you can't ever tell. But, like, we're talking about AEW on this show. How many, how, how long do you think they've been waiting for sort of the casual fans to actually have say something, to say something about AEW, right? Yeah. And, I mean, like, this I- is a great way to make publicity. I know it, it's technically bad publicity in some ways. But there is no such thing as bad publicity to some people. If this is a work, it is one of the best ones I have seen because... Like, you've got Rebe Sky, Rebe Sky, or whatever her name is. You know, one, you know it's not out of character for her to go onto Twitter to do something like this. So, like, that could even... not One, they could be depending on her to do it. Or two, it could just be a work. They could have told her to do it. Like, 
and I'm not actually suggesting that. I don't know. I have that's that's not an sure. accusation, but it could be. We if the lines are so they, blurred. If it's a work and she knew about it and played a part, I think it's great. Good for you. You want there to be some suspension of disbelief. You want people invested. If it was a work and they played with his wife's emotions, knowing she would freak out online. That's terrible. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so hope, you know, like I said. But there, there's literally, I saw in the video, like, you know, there was they cut together highlights of after the injury. You know what I mean? Like, Matt Hardy, like, like trying to just, like, walk and sort of throw the guy and he just sort of collapses like he's fighting and punching like from the ground because he can't get up like and don't get me wrong like i get it if the match is continuing you got to televise something and maybe again maybe it's just in bad taste that they put together a highlight package but can't it also be that they're taking advantage of a work even if it's a even if it's a work shoot even if it is a shoot even if it really did happen that's that's where I was going. I'm thinking that would be what I would guess. It happened. He really got his bell rung. And now they're going, look, we don't want to say we're sorry. We should have stopped the match. We messed up. So instead, they're like, we're going to we're going to run with this. I mean, and for gonna... how long were the Hardys the kings of extreme and professional wrestling? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it's all it's the thing that I think, again, this is all conspiracy talk. I don't think I really believe any of this. But, like, it's so on brand. And it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, I don't know. It seems like a perfect storm. That said, the guy there, probably got hurt. And I'm sorry he got hurt. And I hope he feels better. Yeah. And next time they should probably stop the match. Where they shouldn't do a cheap publicity stunt like this again in the future. At the very least. Um, but there was there was also a match on that show where one of the ways you could win was to throw your opponent into a couple hundred gallon ju- uh, vat of what was apparently a giant mimosa. Um, need I remind you, it was not that long ago. There was a match in the WWE where the way you won was by removing the other person's eye. I'd like to point out that is the first time. I've heard anyone use that rationale, and that is perfect because I have no retort. Correct. You're right. You're absolutely right. I I was paying attention, and I was kind of involved because I did think the Matt Hardy thing was blown out of proportion. I thought the mimosa thing was stupid. I saw no one on social media be like, well, at least they didn't take an eye out. And I would have been like, I suppose Let you're me ask right. a question and – Frankly, it's misogynistic for me to even ask this, but was the Mimosa gimmick match part of their women's division? No. Oh, thank God. I am a bad person. Because Mimosas are orange. So it was a Orange Cassidy versus Chris the Demo God Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem match. Okay. You know what? You know what? I am glad to hear that that is that is actually a great use of the gimmick. That is a great use of Orange Cassidy. Uh, okay, all this forgiven. If I had known that, if I had, had the cleverness, the wit about me to to make that connection in my head, I would have rejoiced at the idea of this mimosa match as opposed uh, 
to those terrible, awful, misogynistic thoughts that now I have to apologize for uh, deeply from the bottom of my soul. Well, um, one of the women's matches was uh, Big Swole, who I think is someone we saw in one of the Mae Young classics, um, versus Dr. Britt Baker. Okay. And it was a tooth and nail match. Oh, good. And it, and it took place in a dentist's office. Uh, that, uh, okay, so I'm conflicted because the tooth and hair part I don't like. But doing it in the dentist's office, that sounds okay. Uh, let's face it. The, some of the best parts of Raw from the from from the Attitude Era, like we still talk about Booker T brawling his way through a supermarket. You're right. Who is he? Who is he brawling with? I can't even remember. Uh, Austin. Austin. Yeah. So like cool. you know what I mean. Like I like that sort of on location bullshit. Like that's fun sometimes. I think the highest one of the highest rated Raw segments involves Stone Cold sticking an IV yeah. up the rectum of Vince McMahon. Yeah. You know. Uh, so I. Uh, mm, Without seeing it, I just I'm want, not necessarily opposed. I just want to know. Did Chris Jericho, with all of his connections, text the mayor of Knoxville County, Tennessee, and say, how much money would we have to pay you to put on an Isaac Yankum wig and just like be in the background of this dentist's office? <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen? No. Oh, uh, that's too bad. No. Apparently, I believe the... I want to, I don't know the actual stipulation. Um, I know at one point Britt Baker did try to pull one of Big Swole's teeth out, and uh, Big Swole won by using uh, a, a sedative to knock out her opponent. Was it a gas mask? Was it gas? It was. It, I'm reading a review here, and it says uh, Swole hit the dirty dancing, which I assume is a move of hers, uh, and then put her to sleep with gas. You know. Don't get me wrong, like, I wouldn't necessarily want that as my lead women's division match. Like, I wouldn't want to be having that. It wasn't. This was this was the B match. There was, a, there was another actual match on top of that. So far? I'm okay with this. I'd like to point out, having this conversation with you has turned me around on this. Because I, I the tooth or nail match, fine. You want to have a women's gimmick match? It didn't involve them wrestling and pudding. I don't care. Exactly. Great. Don't get me wrong. A- I, that part, not crazy about that name. But the rest of it, sounds all right. Yeah. But I was like, this Mimosa Mayhem match is stupid. And then I'm like, well, I'm sure Chris Jericho made it entertaining. Uh, yeah. Some there's, of the best a- wrestling is stupid. We've been saying it for years. We love wrestling stupid. We call it wrestling silly, him- but... There is a picture of him after the match, and he's laying. He's basically floating in the crucifix position in the Mimosa. Like I, like, I guess if there's somebody being a critic here, I mean, I guess you could take the opinion that AEW was supposed to be the chosen one. They were the company that was supposed it. to make everything good again, make it serious again. They were supposed to take the ranking seriously and wins and losses matter. And that's not what that is, right? That's, that's kind of it. The, the, one of the responses was, um, this is exactly what we would expect in a WWE show. And the fact that tonight, because we record on Wednesdays, tonight uh, they're going to have an in-ring wedding between two of their wrestlers. Who is? And again, people, uh, AEW. Oh, okay. 
I don't know who's on Wednesday NXT, nights anymore. NXT, I think, is moving to Tuesdays. Oh, okay. What about SmackDown? SmackDown is Fridays. So there's literally going to be Raw, NXT, AEW. Uh, right now, there's nothing on Thursday, but I have to imagine that'll change at some point. And then uh, SmackDown. When is Impact so, technically? Oh, Not that anybody gets great. that channel. That's a great question. I don't know. I, it shows up on my thing, not that I've watched in a while, yeah. uh, on Tuesdays. But, yeah, like you can watch wrestling. You could watch new wrestling seven nights a week. Yeah. And, again, the thing I will point out to anybody who's mad about AEW, it, this sounds a lot like Attitude Era stuff, which is what everybody always says they want. They don't really want it, but they say they want it. All right. This is why we need to talk wrestling, because your perspective, both just from the way your mind works and the fact that you're not watching. So you don't you're not invested in any of this. And it hits your fresh eyes and you're (laughs) like, oh, because I swear. I probably looked at 100 to 200 tweets about All Out and all of the issues and the stupidity of the Mimosa Mayhem match. And you said WWE had an eye for an eye match. And I went. Okay, I can no longer complain, right? and everything's fine. <laughs> Come on. Wrestling is stupid sometimes. That's okay. Uh, you know what's not stupid is our emails. You know what is stupid about our emails? We only have we one only of have them. One. I, 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 took, I, I felt a little bad, but I, I, I don't think I scolded, but I definitely mentioned in the Bestie chat that we've been, we were off the air last week, and then... We're back here this week, so it's been two weeks. We have one email, and of course it's from Glenn. And now, granted, uh, Jeremy's dealing with the fact that there was a hurricane. He's been out of power for 15 days. Um, Danielle's off doing school or whatever, so she's been busy. Mitchell's doing... You know what this is really about? This is about Piece of Business podcast. They're taking Uh, our entire audience. That's what this is. That might be. The besties have abandoned us. For the people actually talking about wrestling on Piece of Business. Glenn, that might Jeremy, you traitors. Or, or they're moving to Horrid. Like I, I sincerely starting, doubt that. Starting next week, I'm moving by the book. We're going, we're going to once a week instead of twice a week. And I'm moving it to Tuesdays because Horrid comes out Mondays. I can't compete with that. I can't compete with Horrid. I mean, you could. So <laughs> we're, we're moving to Tuesdays for by the book. Do you want your own I feed s- for by the book? I I ha- if I I don't care if you keep posting it here. I think it's fine. I just yeah, it's one of those. If I decide when this tournament is over and it's still not done, despite the fact just that the I fact have that you have with- like forty episodes now, I just you know. Uh, wait, where's my notebook? Um, I have episodes set. They're not posted on Pinecast yet, but the last one I recorded on Monday uh, will be released on Election Day. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, if I continue, if after this tournament I decide to do another tournament of sorts, and I probably will, then maybe we should talk about a, a feed. Okay. But either All way. Right. Um, but yeah, you got good reviews too. Yeah. Did you share a review for Horrid? I did. Ty Dillinger apparently listens to Horrid. He loves it. Hey, good for Ty As Dillinger. does some fellow called Armbar. I'm not, not sure who that is. No, let's see who uses an armbar. Could be it's Alberto Del Rio. He uses an armbar. Ah, Alberto Del Rio and Ty Dillinger. The fact that to your Alberto show. Del Rio likes Horrid makes me want to stop recording Horrid. 
Ugh. All right. Glenn's email called Countdown to a Revolution. Podcast at Would you like to read? Would you like me to I read? I can read it. Hi, guys. Not so much a question as something to discuss. Listening to a podcast about the ruthless aggression era in 2004. And a big part of Raw and SmackDown was Diva Search. And although it was basically a beauty pageant for Vince and Jerry Lawler to go into full perv mode over, the Diva Search did give us the likes of Michelle McCool, Christy Hemi, Candice Michelle, and Maria Canellis, all of whom became serviceable wrestlers. And couldn't it be argued that despite it not appearing so at the time, the Diva Search was actually a small step towards the women's revolution? Thanks as always, Glenn. I take slight issue, and again, wasn't watching a ton of this. I take slight issue with the notion that Christy Hemi and Candice Michelle were serviceable wrestlers. It depends, I suppose, on what you mean by serviceable. If you mean um, they knew to lay on your back when you get pinned, then yes, they were serviceable wrestlers. I haven't seen any of this footage in quite some time, and so I don't know if you've seen these people wrestle recently. My impression, now, Lord knows, I love me some Christy Hemi, one of my first true loves returning to wrestling. Uh, the first week of that diva search, I remember saying, she's winning this, and I was right. Um, however, she was not a serviceable wrestler at any time. She was a fine personality. Um, I thought she did okay on air as a personality. Not a serviceable wrestler. Sorry, Glenn. Candice Michelle, I remember not liking, but I, f I have this thought in my head that she improved over time, and maybe she was serviceable by the end? Maybe? I'm not sure, though. I, 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 I do definitely have a bad taste in my memory to mix my metaphors. Um, but I feel like maybe she got better. Yeah. Ah. Now I'm on the website for the, I'm on the Wikipedia page for the deep search. I think Glenn could have, now maybe he was sticking just with 2004, but 2005, you have Ashley Mazar who won. And I like to point out the first week of that diva search. I said, Oh yeah, she's winning. And I was right. So I would count her as a serviceable wrestler. Who won the year after uh, that? In Layla. Oh, yeah. The person who wrestler. the first week came out, I said she's winning this. And sure enough, she did. I want to just point that out, folks. I got the Diva Search correct the first week, three years in a row. Who would you have for 2007? I don't think I got that one right, though. Uh, I don't remember who was in I, it. Also in 2006, you had Maurice. Maybe not a serviceable wrestler, but certainly a personality. Yep. Uh, 2007 was Eve Torres. I definitely did not call Eve that year, no. So it's one of those things that it's like, you know, did the, did the Diva Search as a whole give us female stars that became something in wrestling? Absolutely. I think that's a yes. Will not argue. Will not argue. Just Michelle McCool... Um, the person who won, apparently, no, is that it? Who won? Oh, it was Christy Hemme. Yeah, she won. Um, you know, Michelle McCool, Ashley Mazzaro, Layla L., Eve Torres. For 
I would say four wrestlers who, if you could take them in their prime and put them in the current day WWE, Lay Cool versus the Iconics, tons of fun. Ashley Mazzaro versus Ruby Riot, tons of fun. Eve Torres versus Bailey or Sasha or any of that would totally work. They would totally fit right in. Others, you were a big Christy Hemi fan. I remember that. Remember, You're not putting her in a ring today and getting a serviceable match out of it. You're just not. No. But again. Um, the thing, the problem I have with the Diva search, and, and you know, Glenn mentioned it in his email, is the sheer amount of airtime dedicated to Jerry Lawler being in full perv oh mode is just a complete yeah. waste of time and not very entertaining. The different bikini costumes and dance-offs that they were doing with these people at that time. Don't get me wrong. I'm a red-blooded male, straight, cisgendered. Like, I like a nice-looking woman as much as the next person. However, I don't need to see that for f half an hour every week on Raw. Yeah. It just, it's... It's it, I just it's unnecessary. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. So to go to, to Glenn's point, um, did the diva search give us a small step towards the women's revolution? Sure. In that, whether or not you liked the half an hour, they devoted serious time to female talent. Uh, not the case. I'm watching 1999. Miss Kitty wins a fatal four-way pudding match to win the title. Like, women's wrestling was terrible in the late 90s. Like, you know, Lita's still in ECW at this point. Trish Stratus, nowhere to be seen. Um, so we still have miles to go. But yes, I suppose technically Glenn is right. The Diva Search did get us there, but... There was there a was dark ages, I feel like, though, in between. The whole era of the Divas champion, I, I really don't think... I, you could argue that, yeah, we got to the women's revolution after that, yeah. but I, I, I would don't need to watch. I would need to watch more, but if you wanted to tell me were the Bellas necessary to get to the women's division, or the women's revolution... Maybe someone can make that argument for someone me. Someone can definitely I, make that argument, but I don't think I agree with it. You know, because then you've got, like, Paige and AJ Lee. They're kind of the start of it. And I guess Nikki Bella was there to, like, put over some of, you know, she put over Charlotte. She was the most mainstream of popular of those wrestlers. But. Yeah. I, yeah. But, you know, I would make a case also at some point, like, Nydia. And that's tough enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't like the tough enough eventually, be, or the early days of NXT where they paired a rookie with a established wrestler, and they're doing, you know, Titus O'Neil is running around Miz and Daniel Bryan was all right, but that's about the only yes. good stuff we got out of that version of NXT, I think. I yeah. think. But, Glenn, thank you for the email. As always, you, you continue to be the bestest of the besties. I will listen to your solo episode of Piece of Business um, at some point, but it's I haven't gotten to it yet. That's not that I don't love you. I just need to be – I want time to properly appreciate it. I have to wait till I go on a really long walk, and I can properly appreciate it. Uh, Doc Manson, as always, we've come to the end of the show, so I ask you, sir uh, – <laughs> 
you make that face every time. What is your piece of positivity that will get you through uh, the week? I won't even ask you for two since we were gone last week. I, I debated it at one point, being like, well, now you need two. Huh. Uh, I would like you, ideally, to not use horrid because you seem, you've been doing that a lot. And I love that you're interested and I love that it's a wonderful show. But you, you saw some movie about, you know, guys in ascots. You want to talk about that movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I've been watching a lot of British horror movies recently, particularly the Hammer films. Uh, one by a company called Amicus, which was around the same time as Hammer as well. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying uh, that foray into Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Um, you know, the late 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, watching these Mount the, these these absolute Mount Rushmores of acting, you know, sort of in their prime, doing some genre work. Um, it's been enjoyable. Several Dracula vampire themed movies, um, several Frankenstein movies. It's it's sort of fun to see just how much they relied on Peter Cushing. He was both Van Helsing recurring character in the vampire series of movies, and he also plays Victor Frankenstein in the um, Frankenstein series of movies. And I was sort of thinking about that, like, this is a single company, right? Like, this is Hammer creating their, you know, Hammer cinematic universe. Not that they called it that at the time, right? Um, Sure. But can you imagine, like, if there was a Marvel movie today where, like, you know, uh, uh, Chris Evans was both Captain America and Iron Man? Because that's essentially what they're doing here. To be fair, he was Captain America and the Human Torch. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but, you know, it's just sort of interesting to see. That. And don't get me wrong. Those two series of movies aren't really connected to each other, I suppose, um, in the way that a Marvel movies are. But it just it did get me thinking about that as sort of a thought experiment. And I kind of thought, sure. oh, that could be... That could be fun in some ways. What if you did have a company that was doing one of these universes and used a lot of the same actors in different roles? I think it's a neat dynamic. I want to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe in which Bruce Campbell plays every major part, including Black Widow. I'd watch it. I know you would. I'd watch it for sure. Is that movie Um, ever coming out? Which movie? Black Black Widow. Uh, they seem to be insistent on waiting for um, a theatrical release. But Tenet so, came out theatrically, so... Well, and Tenet, didn't that come out worldwide and hasn't come out domestically yet, or has it come out domestically? I th- well, you know what? I don't know. I thought it had come out, but I don't know. I think, I think the idea was it was going to come out worldwide, and then eventually it would come out domestically. Um we watched last night the uh, pitch meeting for Mulan, the the cinematic Mulan. My wife got so angry. I don't blame her. Because they seriously changed that movie. Like, here's the thing. The thing that's interesting about that character is, in the original animated film, is that she is a strong-willed woman yes. with a world that she's fighting against. And, yeah, she's not the best fighter at the start of that film, and she's hiding her identity and so on and so forth. As I understand, haven't seen it, the live-action version looks like they've removed all of the challenges from that character. She's a badass from the start. So you you haven't seen the pitch meeting? I have not. Uh, Can I spoil it? You may. 
I'm posting. I'm going to talk about Mulan spoilers. Uh, so if you don't want to hear this, turn it off in five, four, three, two, one. They basically went the Star Wars route, and something in her chi, her chi is better than anyone else's chi. She is the cheesy right. one. And that's the same thing with Star Wars, right? The issue that I have with Star Wars, the, the new versions, I mean, the, the, the latest trilogy, is Rey is a completely unrelatable character because she doesn't overcome anything. In the first film, she knows nothing about being a Jedi. She's had no training. She does she, she, nothing. And she bests Kylo Ren in a yeah. lightsaber duel. And then she just keeps beating him throughout the entire series. By the end, she's an unstoppable force-healing juggernaut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing here with... When you take characters and you give them nothing to overcome, they are static. And that is terrible storytelling. You want yeah. to see a character grow and overcome obstacles in front of them. Yeah. Luke Skywalker barely escapes with his life at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Correct. He basically just he basically commits suicide rather than face the fact that Darth Vader is his father and happens to be saved. Um, although then you could make the argument that he doesn't overcome anything in the other one either. What do you mean? <laughs> By Return of the Jedi, yeah, he convinces his dad to help him, but he's going to die at the hands of the Emperor if Darth Vader doesn't save him. I, yes, that's true, but there's still character development. You know what I mean? Yes. And from the yes, first film, like literally about... Obi-Wan Kenobi sacrifices himself at the end of that first film so Luke can get away yes. without confronting Vader. Like he would die if he confronted him. You yes. know what I mean? Like he, yes. by the third I film, totally, he's a I badass totally Jedi that. who can hold his own against the Emperor. I mean, he still yes. loses without Vader's intervention, but, you know, you see him as full-blown yes. Luke Skywalker Jedi, at least in the opening sequence with the Sarlacc pit and the rescue and yes. all that. You know what I mean? That's true. So, like, yes. there is growth there. And when you take all of that away, your movies become uninteresting. Yeah. So, um... And the other part oh. about it is... Especially for little girls who are, want to use something like Mulan a, as a role model, something to look up to. In the original film, that's a woman who, who overcomes the challenges through sheer force of will. And she learns and she becomes better physically. Yes, that was my wife's, that was my wife's point. When, when, you, that... when you're just capable from the start, that means that any little girl watching that film no longer has the message, I can do that. I can become no. that person. Now it's, oh, she's got chi and she's more powerful. Yeah. And I can never she's, be that. She's ridiculously powerful as a kid and then is told that's not what women do. So she represses it until yeah. the end. And then she needs it and easily wins. Yeah. So what in the world is the message there? It's not so, good. We, I'm very, I'm very glad we didn't spend thirty dollars to watch it because, like, the, like I, I watched my wife's heartbreak. Yeah. During a three minute pitch meeting. <laughs> so, well, I'm. You um, can give her my condolences because I'm with her hundred percent. I think it's bullshit. My piece of positivity uh, has to do, in, in some small way, with my profile picture, but um, I've been playing Fall Guys. Oh yeah. Uh, I I start I had an auspicious start to Fall Guys because did you hear about that I did did you see this uh, Fall Guys if you search on the PlayStation Store uh, cost twenty dollars and so I was like okay 
twenty dollars for a video game. Sure. What about I PlayStation Now? Wait for it. Always. <laughs> uh, um, oh, so I buy it. Go ahead. I buy it, and then they're like, "Well, you need PlayStation Plus to be able to actually play the game." And I went, "Well, but I don't have PlayStation Plus." Um, so I guess I'll need to get that. And then I find out, in addition to paying the nine ninety nine for PlayStation Plus, had I just bought PlayStation Plus, Fall Guys would have been free. So I reached out. I used, tried to use my dwindling social media influence. I reached out. I did like the chat thing. I got a DM from um, some PlayStation support that was basically like, hey, go to this website. And the website essentially said, if you're stupid enough to, to fall for this, you've already like if you've already bought it and downloaded it, there's nothing we can do. So I paid $30 for a $10 game. Having said that, it's an insane amount of fun. I did win one, which I was stunned. Um, but I do, I get why people are saying it could be the 2020 game of the year. It is a wholly entertaining game. Have you played at all? I have not. I've seen it played a little bit. It looks fun. Um, and just, just to, I know we've, we're, I don't want to cut you off your piece of positivity. I want to hear more no. about Fall Guys. Uh, but we have a late email. Do we want to go back? I saw that. I saw that. Uh, I I figure you know we can we can continue this chat and we will okay. go to Jeremy's right. email. Um, I think you would enjoy the game. I think the first time that you get screwed somehow, you'll never play it again. Yeah. Um, because you're playing, you know, for those who don't know, you're this little bean character. And there's about 60 of you. And it's basically like a most extreme elimination Did you know challenge. that the developers of the game s- insist that those little bean characters are eight feet tall? <laughs> really? Does that give you a new perspective? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you have all of these challenges. So there's one. And I remember seeing this in what I think it was most extreme elimination challenge. There's a series of doors all in a row. Some doors are real and some are just walls. And you run into the door at high speed in the hopes of being the like you pick the right door. Um, there's like obstacle courses and all of this sort of stuff. But there is some there is some serious stuff that goes on because you can grab other people. So there are people who race to the end and then stop. And then try to grab someone and like hold them back to keep them from winning. And I could just, I could see that being a mechanic of the game that you would not appreciate. Uh, you know, it sounds like the mechanic is obstruction, which means I would probably engage in it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We would play this game and it would just be hours of you holding me and me going, get off of me, you bastard. Let I me wouldn't go. even wait till you get to the finish line. I would just do it right from no, the start. It would, it would <laughs> be the game would start and I would be running from you the entire time. <laughs> that would be the objective of the game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get a kick out of it. It's one of those games that I like because there is no story. So if you have if you play for 20 minutes and you play, you know, three or four rounds, you are wholly satisfied at the cool. end. How long um, is a round some people, about? It depends on when you get eliminated. Like you can get eliminated in the first round. It's literally three minutes. If it, to make it to the end, I, I would say 20 minutes to a half an hour okay. is probably is probably too high. OK, 
you know, it's not necessarily like Fortnite or like uh, PUBG or whatever those kind of games are. But, you know, there's five rounds at max. And so uh, the longest you wait is it takes a while sometimes for the next map to load, essentially. Okay. But, all right, we do have a late email from Jeremy who is who is emailing us recovering from a hurricane. His town was, he sent me some pictures, pretty well decimated. He doesn't have power, as I understand it, so. Yeah, he has running water. His parents just got power back, so he can actually take a hot shower if he goes to his parents' house. Uh, and the email is titled, It's a Biggie. Hello, boys. It sure is. Hope all is well in the world of electricity, clean drinking water, and central air conditioning. Still faking it until I make it here in the third world. It's approximately the 43rd day of October, and while there are some signs of some things returning to their pre-Laura condition, many of us are still weeks and weeks away from normalcy. Our electrical grid took such a hit that it's not simply a matter of replacing down poles and blown transformers, but rather an entire rebuild of the system from the ground up. We have over 8,100 electric workers in town from all over the country. Saw one truck from Massachusetts the other day. You don't see that too often around here. Our schools have optimistically set an opening date of September 28th although I don't see all 30 or so schools in the parish ready to open at that time. A large number of kids were going virtual, my two included, due to the COVID, but now all 18,000 students in the parish will be virtual for the foreseeable future. We'll see how that goes. Getting power is step one. Then the cable company has to run their lines again. Long story short, Mississippi might finally have a better school system than Louisiana for a year. We'll see how that goes. But that's enough bitching and moaning. All in all, I'm lucky. Once I get power, my home is livable. My truck is paid for. My home insurance ought to cover everything. I'm not wealthy, but I'm financially secure enough not to have worry about anything or having anything the kids and I need. Can't complain unless it's about the root beer company on Wednesday night. His term for A E W. E W. Yeah. A and W. I don't have a question this week. Just wanted to send out this message in a bottle out to the rest of the world. And most importantly, to say thank you to everyone that's checked in on me lately. I really appreciate it. Wish y'all could come by with a chainsaw, but I know that's limited geographically. True. I am a. Yeah. I also don't have a chainsaw. But I could run around going, I have a chainsaw. But it's a plug-in electric one, which I don't think would be much help right now. (laughs) Not really. I am eternally and sincerely grateful to DC and Doc. They've been working this podcast gimmick at a top level for years. For whatever reason, the lovable band of misfits they've managed to collect from the nooks and crannies of the internet have landed in the bestie chat, which is the best chat on the internet. The biggest mystery is why DC and Doc are so over in the UK. Scholars and philosophers will be puzzling over that for years. I think we just both have a very British sense of humor. Yeah, I, I think our comedy just lands for the, the folks in the UK. Yeah. So again, thank you to all the besties that they checked on me and offered words of encouragement. Thank you to Glenn for doing 100% of the podcast, <laughs> P-O-B cast, and keeping the porch light on. And thank you to DC and Doc for getting... Oh, Doc and DC. Doc got first billing. And thank yeah. you to Doc and DC for giving me and all of us, 
This community that is there for each other when we need it. No matter what else happens, boys, that's your legacy. I love you all. Sent from my iPhone while draining my battery. Oh, God, what am I going to get to charge again? And then it cuts off. I wonder how it's sent. (laughs) Magic. Uh, Jeremy, you are incredibly nice. I am super, super, super relieved to know that you and yours are doing as well as you are. Uh, I can't wait for you to have power again and be able to rejoin the craziness. But thank you for the very kind words. That was very sweet of you. Anything you want to say about the fact that we've built this wonderful community? I think I've done a pretty good job. I mean, you keep scaring people away, but... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oddly enough, I have probably resulted in less listeners than you. Uh, That's it for us this week. Uh, Whatever episode number this is, it was a good one. I greatly enjoy talking to my friend, Doc Manson. uh, And I'm thank you for having such an easy time of it at work. You too. That you were able you too. To, uh, to come record. GQ, I, I hope we see you next week. What are the odds he listens to this and we just get another you bastards? Pretty Friday? good. Pretty good, I think. All right. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, send us a message at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Listen to our whole back catalog at ddtpod.com or at your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. It gives just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc and helps us keep the lights on, our network subscription funded, and the podcast chain of chugging. Yeah. yeah. That's All it. Right. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I have no earthly idea what we're going to call the podcast this week, except maybe another just jab at GQ for saying he's too busy to talk to us. (laughs) And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be a bestie?